G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Prayer is such an amazing privilege that God has given to each of us. According to the latest Gallup poll, more Americans will pray this week than will exercise, drive a car, or go to work. Billions of prayers are going up to heaven. But here's the question. Are those prayers being heard? We may be uncertain if our prayers make it to God's throne. Today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out at times we may all wonder the same thing. God, can you hear me now? This is the day when the lost are found. an important part of our Christian walk, but sometimes it's easy to overcomplicate it. We can be so caught up in trying to pray the right thing that sometimes we can become too anxious and don't pray at all. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie begins a short series designed to improve our communication with God. How can we talk to the Lord more appropriately, more powerfully, and see His answers? Let's find out. I was at a uh, little shopping center a while back and they have one of those little coin fountains and I had two of my granddaughters there, Stella and Lucy, and so they like to throw the coins in the fountain. But I'm such a cheapskate, and maybe I shouldn't admit this, I reach in and grab other people's coins that have been thrown. Is that wrong? No, it isn't. They're throwing their money away. And besides, I'm probably voiding all of their wishes out, right? Just the moment I did. So I, I get the coins and I, I reach and grab them, give them to the girls. They say, throw the coins in. Now the smaller coins, you'll make a little wish. But if there's a quarter, and yes, people throw quarters in fountains. I have no idea why. Uh, that's a big wish. So we're, you know, having fun. And, and then I ask them a question. Do you girls know the difference between a wish and a prayer? And it was little Lucy that said, well, Papa, that's what she calls me. She said, a wish we just make to ourselves, but a prayer we make to God. And I thought, that's right. That's the big difference. And you know, when you really get down to it, everybody in some way, shape, or form does seem to pray. And you look back historically, and even the most remote tribes were found to present offerings and pray to their God. And prayed for a lot of the things we still pray for today. The ancient Incas and Aztecs even sacrificed humans to get the God's attention. Muslims will stop five times a day and pray. Buddhists have their prayer wheels. Millions in AA groups will pray daily to a higher power, asking for help to overcome addiction. It seems like we can't help but pray. According to the latest Gallup poll, more Americans will pray this week than will exercise, drive a car, or go to work. Nine out of ten of us pray regularly, and three out of four of us pray every day. As I'm saying this, billions of prayers 
are going up to heaven. But here's the question. Are those prayers being heard? And is there something or some things we can do to cause our prayers to not only be heard but answered in the affirmative? Have you ever called someone in your cell phone and you're having a conversation and then you realize that you lost them like two or three minutes ago? <laughs> and you wondered why they were so quiet. Maybe you had, had offended them or something. But in reality you lost your connection. Remember that ad campaign that Verizon did a while ago called Can You Hear Me Now? Uh, boasting of their great coverage. I tell you I, I have Verizon and I get their bill and boy I hear them when they send that bill. But that's a question we might ask about our prayers. God, can you hear me now? Are these prayers being heard of or have I lost my connection? Well, your prayers can be answered. Prayer is such an amazing privilege that God has given to each of us. If you've ever been in what seems to be an impossible situation with no way out, you've probably discovered that God can intervene and change things through prayer. Because prayer can change situations. It can change people. Prayer can even change the course of nature. It's been said if you're swept off your feet, it's time to get on your knees. But most of all, the thing that prayer changes is you. Because God will allow hardship, challenge, and need to come our way, sometimes even tragedy, so He can reveal Himself. So He can put His power and His glory on display for those who are watching. Really when we pray, we're acknowledging our weakness. And maybe that's why some people don't like to pray. Especially men. I'm not weak. I don't want to pray. Why do men act this way? Well, because they're idiots. <laughs> because any guy with half a brain will know that he needs the help of God. Let's talk about the man's man for a moment. Who was the strongest man who ever lived on the face of the earth? No, not Superman. It was Jesus Christ. And yet Jesus prayed. He prayed often. He prayed in the morning. He prayed late at night. He prayed all the time. And if Jesus prayed, certainly we should do the same. I'll tell you that when we face the greatest crisis of our life, that is our son Christopher dying in an automobile accident, we learn to pray like never before. Not just praying prayers of petition, but prayers of desperation. Prayers to get through the day. Three things helped me as we went through and continue to go through that crisis. And by the way, when someone loses a child, they never completely get over it. So never ask them the question, are you over it yet? It's just something you go through and you adapt to. But uh, three things sustained us. And those three things were number one, prayer. Number two, the Word of God. And number three, the encouragement of fellow believers. You know, I would find I would need to pray to get to sleep at night. It was very hard to sleep. I'd pray to get up in the morning. I'd pray to make it through another day. And we showed up in church three days after it happened. It happened on a Thursday and we were in church the next Sunday morning. People would come up to me and say, oh Greg, we saw you and your family at church. You're so strong. We can't believe how strong you are. I didn't come to church because I was strong. I came to church because I was weak and I needed the help of God. And I needed to pray. And I needed God's Word. And that's true of all of us. That's why it's so crazy to me when I hear people who are facing hardship will withdraw and sometimes even get mad at God. That's silliness. 
You need to turn to God, not turn away from God in times of crisis. The Bible says He is a present help in times of trouble. So you might say, well Greg, I'm not going through any hardship right now. Things are going reasonably well. You should still pray. <laughs> You should pray when things are hard and you need God's help. You should pray when things are going well because you still need to acknowledge that is a blessing from God. James 5.13 says, Are any among you suffering? They should keep praying about it. And those who have reason to be thankful should continually sing praises to God. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with calling out to God in your time of need. In fact, God encourages you to do so. Jeremiah 33.3 the Lord says, call on me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. The Lord's encouraging us to call out to Him. Well, thanks for joining us today. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, who today is offering some practical insights on prayer based in what we call the Lord's Prayer. Glad you've joined us. Let's continue. Think of all the great stories in the Bible where people were facing crisis and how things changed when they prayed. There's old Jehoshaphat. And that's kind of a hard name to probably have to live with, you know? Especially if you had a weight problem. You know, what's your name, Jehoshaphat? Mom, could you not have named me Jehoshaphat? No, but anyway, Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah. And he had done all the right things to please God. Then suddenly, without warning, the bottom dropped out in his life and he received a frightening report saying a vast army is coming to attack you. There was no way that Jehoshaphat could meet that army with his army. His army was not nearly large enough. Have you ever received a threatening letter? Someone threatening to sue you? Someone threatening to slander you? Someone threatening to kill you? Well, you know what it's like. So what did Jehoshaphat do? The Bible says he prayed. And why did he pray? Because we should not worry about anything, but we should pray about everything, Philippians tells us, and the peace of God that passes all human understanding will guard our heart and our mind. And I love the prayer of Jehoshaphat. He says to the Lord in 2 Chronicles 20, O oh our God, will you not judge them? We have no power to face this vast army that's attacking us. We don't know what to do. But I love this. But our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah with their wives and their children and their little ones stood there before the Lord. What a scene. Here's a, all these families, little kids that are saying, God, if you don't get us out of this, we are so dead. But our eyes are upon you. And you know what? God answered that prayer and he defeated their enemy. That's what we need to do when we're overwhelmed. Psalm 61, 2 says, when my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. We read a story about a woman named Hannah who was unable to have a child. She prays. She becomes pregnant. She bears a child who becomes one of the greatest prophets in the history of Israel. We think of the mighty Samson, the he-man with a she-weakness that squandered his life. A complete failure, but he prays for God to give him strength one last time and the Lord answers his prayer. We think of Elijah the prophet who prays and the rain stops. He prays again and the rain comes back. He prays even another time and fire falls from heaven. Then we think of Paul and Silas in prison for preaching the gospel. And at midnight they began to sing praises to God and they prayed and an earthquake came. And next thing they knew they were free as birds. The apostle James is arrested and he's executed. 
Peter is arrested. He'll be executed next. The church pulls out their secret weapon and they pray. And before you know it, Peter has been released. So it's clear we need to pray. And I mentioned that Jesus prayed, giving us that example. And here's an interesting thing to consider. As the crucifixion approached and Jesus being God was omniscient, meaning he was all-knowing. He knew they were going to arrest him on false charges. He knew they were going to beat him. He knew that he would be whipped 39 times. He knew he would be nailed to a cross. But worst of all, he knew that he would bear the sin of all humanity. And he had never committed a single sin. And so in the Garden of Gethsemane, we read he prayed, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. But Hebrews gives us an insight. It says, during the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. So it wasn't like, oh, Father, if it's possible, let this cup, no, it's more like, Father, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. He was crying out to the Lord. There was passion in his prayer, fervency in his prayer. That's how we have to pray. I mean, imagine for a moment if your child broke their arm. You took him down to the ER. Would you pray for the doctor and those who were attending to your child? Well, of course you would. You'd pray. But imagine, God forbid, if your child was kidnapped. Would you pray? Oh yeah, you'd pray. You'd pray fervently. You would pray a storm the gates of heaven prayer and you would not take no for an answer. That's real prayer. And that's the way we need to be praying for America right now because it seems like our nation has been kidnapped. We need to cry out to God. We need to pray that the Lord will send a spiritual awakening to the United States and that God will send revival to the church and that God will send revival to us fervent prayer. So here is now the Lord telling us how to pray. And it's a response to the request of the disciples. Teach us, Lord, how to pray. And so he gives what is called the Lord's Prayer. Here's the problem with the Lord's Prayer. And the problem isn't really with the prayer. It's with us. It may be the single set of words spoken more often than any other words in the history of the world but the difficulty is they're so familiar we no longer hear them. You hear what I'm saying? Let me say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom. I mean, those are beautiful words, but you know. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. makes me the Flintstones, modern Stone Age family. Ooh, I need your love, babe. Yes, I know it's true. I mean, just words, right? Jingles, songs. And so, we just say these words and we've said them so many times we don't hear them anymore. So we need to slow down and break it down because every word that Jesus used was intentional. Every phrase was meaningful. The very order of the prayer is significant. So we want to look at it very carefully and we can learn from reading this how to pray. So look at Matthew 6. We're going to read verses 9 to 14. Why don't we go ahead and just uh, say it out loud together. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one 
For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, this powerful prayer can be divided into two sections. The first three petitions, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done, deal with the glory of God, reminding us what the real purpose of prayer is. What is the purpose of prayer? The real focus of prayer should not be on us, but on God. Not on what we want, but on what God wants. Really when prayer reaches its ultimate, we get our wills aligned with His will, and we pray accordingly. Having said that, it is not wrong to pray for the things you need in life. But what I'm saying is, you need to understand that God's plan for you is better than your plan for yourself. It is. <laughs> Psalm 84 says, No good thing will He withhold from those that walk uprightly. If it's good, God will give it to you. If it's not good, God will not give it to you. You know, there are times we pray for things fervently and believe they're God's will and He says, No, we're upset. But later in life we look back and we say, Thank you, Lord, for not giving me what I prayed for. You know, years ago when I was but a young man, I fell in love with some girl. Uh, that happened quite a few times. And uh, so I was probably the, just 18 or something like that. And I thought, this is the girl I'm supposed to marry. And I never proposed to her, but she was nice to me. <laughs> but she really wanted nothing to do with me. She made that very clear. So I said, God, she's the one. Why didn't she know she was the one? And uh, well, she wa that's because she wasn't the one. <laughs> She was the right one for some other guy, and he was the right guy for her. And then I met my wife, Kathy, who was the one for me, and we've been married 42 years now, so God's plan was better. That's Pastor Greg Laurie with some practical insight on prayer today. And there's a great deal more to come as he continues this message on A New Beginning tomorrow. We'll learn about the powerful privilege of prayer when you join us at the same time tomorrow. Now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. Search Pray This Way at visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.